This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. We thank you for wholeness in our families. We thank you for bondings in our marriages. We thank you that our children are blessed, God. Father, we thank you that you've given us plenty in our home. And Father, we thank you that whenever the enemy rises up and whenever life rises up and situations rise up in life, we thank you that you give us the victory. Lord, we put our faith in you and our faith is our victory. Jesus, you have overcome. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you hold your hands up and say, peace be still and storm stop in our lives. Father, we thank you for people that that are going into surgery this next week, that you raise your hands and you say, peace be still in people's lives. Father, we pray today that people will be encouraged today. We pray that people will be infused by the Holy Spirit and that people will be strengthened today. Lord, as we come together as a body, everybody's separate through the week, but Lord, we come together as a body and we pray that we would be strengthened today. Amen. I want you to pray for the person on your right and say, Lord, strengthen them. Strengthen the person on my right. If you don't know their name, ask them their name. Lord, strengthen them. Bless them, Lord. Let good things happen to them. Father, I pray anything they're going through that everything turns to good because they love you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to turn to the person on your left. If you don't know their name, ask them their name. Amen. I want you to pray and say, Lord... I pray in Jesus' name that you bless my brother, you bless my sister. Lord, that you provide everything, that you give them everything that they need. Father, I pray they would be sustained today. I pray the word would touch them. I pray we'd be encouraged today. Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit would just fill this place. Fill this place. Fill every vessel. Fill every heart today. Thank you, Lord. Lift your voice to the Lord. Fill every vessel. Fill every heart. Touch every person. Touch every person. Believe today that you will not leave here like you came. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you were bound or depressed or tormented or sick or lame, somebody say you don't have to leave here like you came. Amen? How many know Jesus is greater? Jesus is greater. Praise the Lord. Give somebody a high five around you or a bump. Say, Jesus is Lord. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's just me, but I look forward to Sundays. I look forward to Sundays. I'm excited about Sundays. Amen. One of our, our, our new, newer people... In the last uh, month, month and a half, they came up and said, Pastor, I just have not been as excited to come to the house of God for many years. I find myself thinking about it through the week. I find myself uh, laying out what I'm going to wear and wanting to look the very best I can. And I can't wait to get on get to church on Sunday morning. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm glad that people feel I feel that way. And uh, when me and Carmen was driving in today, Carmen said, look at all these cars, all these cars in the parking lot. And uh, all these cars, she said, these are friends. These are friends. These are people that love you and we love them. Aren't you glad to have friends today? 
you don't, you don't have to walk through this life alone. Amen? Church is supposed to be a community, and, and it's a place where you can have friends. So, so um, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm a little bit shy about things. And, and if I was new to a church, you know, I'm usually, my arms are sweating, and, and I'm a little nervous or whatever. But if that's your type of personality... Try to just kind of press outside those inhibitions and fears and, and meet somebody. You're going to find out these people don't bite around here. They're, they're really nice people, and uh, we, we want to know you. I, I think that's a passion in my heart is we don't want people to walk through life alone. Um, we had such an awesome time. How many got to go last night? There's like 100 and... Larry, how many did you end up having there last night, you think? Huh? 170 people? Wow, that's still, that's amazing. 117 people. Amen. And uh, that is our, um, we we, uh, want to grow our marriages stronger. In fact, you'll see in your bulletin that there's a marriage enrichment night. Uh, You want to be sure and go to that if you're a a young couple. Um, uh, Pastor Larry. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa, whoa, it just came out, Larry, it just seemed natural, Larry and his wife, (laughs) old couples are welcome too, the old couples, Uh, you know, they give a, they give a nugget every, every month, and I think it's kind of a cool idea to come in and hear something, and then you got that month so your wife can work on that. And you've got that month that you can help her work on that. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on, man. This is your time to say, yeah, amen. Yeah, you're scared. You're scared. I'm looking at some of you guys. You're scared. (laughs) Uh, Trust me, I am too. (laughs) Uh, Carmen's a tough one. I'm going to tell you right now. She said, will you just go on? I, I can't help it today. I, I really love being in church with you guys today. I, I love Sunday's the greatest day of the week. Sunday's the greatest day of the week, and I want it to be the greatest day of the week for you. Man, my, uh, I'm seeing Big Brian back there. Brian, I'm in one of those moods. I, uh, Big Brian in the back, he's been coming to COTR for a while, and... Um, and he said, man, as soon as the Cubbies, ain't Cubby fans here? Yeah. He said, man, as soon as the Cubbies are done uh, playing, his job takes him like seven days a week to work at Wrigley Field, which is cool, I think. But, man, I went home and me and Carmen was like, man, we're going to miss Brian. We got to figure out a way to hang out with him when he's doing that. But, but uh, it, it's because, you know, being a pastor isn't a job to me. Um, it's a, it, it's, it's, we love people. And uh, we love you, and we're glad that you're here. I look back there at, at Angie and uh, Frankie. You know, Frank comes up to me last week. Stand up, Frank. Frank comes up to me last week. And he said, you remember the church? You remember we were praying? I was giving my testimony. Um, holds up a sheet of paper from the doctor. What did that line say? 
completely healed. And then they took pictures, three pictures. What was that a picture of? You got that with you today? Come, bring, bring that thing up here. Show a few people why you're coming by. Show Chad in front of you. Hey, show Big Bri. He's going to be back at, show Brian back there in the back. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what is that, that picture of to begin with? Get that microphone here. What, what is that picture of? It's a picture of my stomach. Um, when I had the heart attack, uh, it remember he flatlined three times, and his yeah. family got called in from Africa. No big deal, really. But yeah. <laughs> the picture up here had a visitation from heaven. Yes, I did. No big deal, really. No. <laughs> and this is what my stomach looked like. The ulcer looked like when I had the heart attack. And then they did a clamp procedure. Look at this. It actually went up on on this end here, where they clamped my stomach. And I went last, not this past Monday, a week ago Monday, and they turned my stomach. looks like brand new. It looks brand new. It literally looks brand new. Literally looks brand new. Thank you, buddy. You know, that's the kind of God we serve. You know what? That didn't happen on church, in church on Sunday morning. And that's what we're preaching about. That's what we're preaching about. If you want to get your inserts and you want to look at that, if you want to get your inserts, here, Bob, if you want to get your inserts and take a look at it, they're going to be a little bit off because we changed it a little bit. But uh, you can go on version and go to events, correct, Noreen? If you go to version on your phone, you can go to events, and you'll see Church on the Rock. Hit events, then hit Church on the Rock. And are the new notes in there? Aren't you a wonderful lady? Noreen put the new ones in. Thank you, Noreen. So, yeah, amen. Thank you, Noreen. So uh, you can take a look at it. But, you know, that's why we're here. I entitled this new series we're going in, going in, We Are God's 300. What do you mean 300? That's where we're at at Church on the Rock. We're give or take a little over, a little less than 300 people at COTR. And God spoke to me the other day and he, when I was asking him, Lord, what about events? What about outreaches? What about big things you want us to, to do here in the community? And you know what God put on my heart, the biggest thing? I've been praying, Lord, show us that, that event. We're going to do some things. But the Lord said the biggest thing that I want you to tell the people at Church on the Rock is you are my plan. You are God's plan for the future. You are God's 300 that's on a mission to save the world. Anybody ever want to do a Mission Impossible? Uh, uh, with Instead of being Tom Cruise doing a Mission Impossible, how many would like to hook up with Jesus Christ and do a Mission Impossible and literally let's save the world? Amen? Let's save the world. Now, everybody's world is a little bit different. My world's a little bit different than your world. My world's got a little, some different places, some different businesses, some, some different geographics. My world has some different demographics. My world has different people in it. I'm in different spots. And that's why it's important that everybody takes care of, somebody say, my world. Hit your neighbor and say, your world. There's a world, there is a bubble that you live in. 
There is a circle that you live in. There is a community that you live in that's organic, it's natural. And God has called you, come on, God has called you to be the apostle. Apostle means to start something that's not there, to pioneer something. Who wants to pioneer Jesus in somebody's heart, amen? God has called you to be an evangelist. God has called you, amen. Somebody say, God has called me. God has called you to be a pastor, to hold somebody's hand, to help them through a situation. God has told you to be a teacher, and God has called us to be prophets. Amen? How many know God can anoint you to prophesy into people's lives? Amen? So, so I'm hearing that. We're God's 300. We're God's 300s. And it's greater than the 300 Spartan movie that you watched, amen? We're God's 300, and we're holding back, and we're taking, for, we're taking forces. We're taking the darkness with the kingdom of light, amen? You, how many, we got to be vigilant, amen? we got to be vigilant. We've got to be about the Father's business. I believe it has to be intentional, amen? The Bible says that, that the violence is only taken by the violent. Are y'all with me? To me, we can't be uh, scared or intimidated or inferior. We've been inferior too long in our nation. We've been keeping quiet too long in our nation. It's time for the church to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen? Amen. We've got to be vigilant for the Lord. So God, he created us. He created this for a purpose. We were made for a mission. You know what? This week, Carmen and I were talking about purpose. You, you know, your work may not be your purpose. Some people try to see that their purpose is their work, or their purpose is their family, or their purpose is their, their spouse, and those are good purposes. But our number one purpose is our relationship with Jesus Christ, amen, and to partner with him. God planned my life for a mission before I was gone. The Bible says that we are God's handiwork. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we've been talking about that. Everybody say to do. Amen. Uh, Cindy was telling me the other day with uh, she was doing something with Paige or one of your kids and, and one of them said, hey, is this a to do or we got something to do? So I know everybody's hearing that to do. How many know we have a to do list? We are God's, but listen to this. To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God prepared these words, these works in advance for us to do. How many believe God's in that much control? Man, I'll tell you what. I thank God for a grandma whose mission was to pray and make sure all of her grandkids knew Jesus Christ before she took her last breath. I thank God for the guy that was on a mission that was 560 miles away in Baton Rouge, Louisiana that didn't have any money and heard that there was a pulpit that could be filled in Lamar, Missouri. I'm glad that he said yes to that. He said yes to that mission. He said yes to go because I was the person sitting on the back row in that service and at four o'clock in the morning he was in the home Thank God for the home that said yes to Jesus. 
where they said that we are going to take our home and we are going to open it up to young people in Lamar, Missouri because we feel God has put a mission on our heart to open up our home so that people can have somewhere to go instead of go party. How many believe that that was something God prepared in advance? Do you all believe that or not? That, that, that God prepared an advance in 1986 for a couple to say, hey, we want to open up our home so people have a place to go instead of go get drunk and do wrong things. We want to open up our home because God's told us to do nothing but feed them and play ping pong with them and love them a little bit and show Jesus. But I thank God for Lauren Brady. I thank God for the many times that I would go and get drunk and then go to that place just to have somebody that would show me love and show me the love of Jesus. I think that I think I'm thankful they said yes to something God had planned and prepared long before they were even born. They had a mission to do. I thank you that this person said in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, yeah, Lauren Brady, I'll come up and talk to your youth group. That was the connection. I'll come up and talk to your youth group. I'm glad he said yes. I'm glad he didn't worry about if he had the money or not to do it. I'm glad that he was there. If you ask my brother Kent, he was probably glad that time I made that phone call to him. If you ask a guy named Vance in Walmart in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, if you ask a guy named Prince Vance, they said, are you glad that a crazy guy that you knew as a preacher came and started working in the pet department and he witnessed to you every day and one day he prayed for you and the power of God hit you so hard you fell to the ground and he picked you up and threw you over his back and took you out and threw you on the topsoil until he woke up. And then he went and had a wreck that night and when he was under the wheel, he remembered the words that I had told him, and he accepted Christ, and I was able to baptize him. I remember those divine appointments. I remember those times when, when Church on the Rock, where you gave sacrificially because we had a mission to do for the Lord, and God told us to go over and, and to plant some general stores and to, and to plant some churches in Uganda. And you guys gave sacrificially because you had a mission or you had a purpose or you had something to do. I remember going over there with teams and building churches and, and going in areas that they'd never seen white skin. I remember crossing uh, channels of water to where they're like everybody's freaking out and you don't know why they're freaking out and then you find out because some big old snakes pulled some guy in and drowned him months before and you're like they're all scared to walk across this creek and and we're sitting there taking our time because they didn't bother telling us that no literally and um, wanting to swim a little bit and they're like running through and then we go and build churches and then we get back by the time we arrive home to receive call that the churches that we built they burnt down by fire and they said, and, and the, the voodoo doctors and the, the people of that, those tribes said, tell the white father, if he comes back, that we'll kill him. And, and, and the churches were devastated, and the hundreds of people we just saw saved were scattered. 
you guys gave so much money that we went back, me and another guy went back, and we built something they couldn't burn down. We built it in blocks, and you couldn't burn it down. And I remember when we were out there, we were, I kept saying, when I went back, when I went, the Lord said, Brian, go over there, a mission. Brian, go over there. Number one, when they see you come back, it's going to put courage, and they're going to quit hiding, and they're all going to come back to fellowship, and they're going to come back to church. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to build those churches back where they can't burn them down. And the third thing I want you to do is find that voodoo witch doctor and tell him that you came from America and you forgive him and that you want him to know Jesus Christ. Well, those things were happening, and we were over there. I kept saying to our interpreter, I kept saying, uh, where's the voodoo guy? Where, where's the voodoo witch doctor? Uh, wh where's he at? And they kept, they would just like ignore me. But then one day, because they, there was fear, but one day you saw this guy going across the field, and I heard him, buh, 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 buh. And what they said is they said, that's the guy that burnt the churches down. Well, I was driving the van. I took the van and took it off the road and started chasing this guy down. We was going through the field. <laughs> going through the field, and we was four-wheeling in the church van. Tell me about it. True story. And we came up, and the minute we came up, it started to pour rain. And this demon-possessed witch doctor... We began through interpretation to say we're from America. The Lord says, first of all, we forgive you for burning our churches down. And we've come here to tell you that Jesus Christ loves you. The power of God came. This man started wallowing in the mud like a snake, going all over the place and just squirming around. Demons were coming out of him without getting over there saying anything. Just the presence of God was setting this guy free. He got up. We led him to the Lord. He went to our Bible college that's in Uganda, became one of our pastors. And when I talked to Pastor Phil a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, who talked to Stephen, said the, Buddha, the guy that, that, that did that, he's still doing the church. And it's still going strong. There's a mission that has to be done. And quite frankly, all you got to do is just say yeah. Just say yeah to it. He isn't looking for, for a bunch of big wigs. In fact, um, when God went to... Um, when God went to uh, get his next king, anybody ever heard of a guy named King David? Anybody heard of King David? When God went to get his king, he told Samuel, he said, when you get to Jesse's house, you go to Jesse's house and you anoint only who I tell you to anoint. Anoint there just means you choose. You choose the one and the only one that I tell you to choose you choose them, okay? Don't choose anybody else. And I want to tell you, sometimes there's a pressure. But anyway, when he got there, when he got there, there was three names that came out. There was Eli, there was Shamna, and there was Phineas. 
three brothers that came out. If you look their names up in the Hebrew, here's what their names mean. One of their names means rich and famous. Another one of their names means um, uh, look-alike. And the other, one of them means rich. The other one, Abinadab, excuse me, Abinadab, not Phineas. Abinadab means uh, look-alike. And the other one means renowned and famous. And none of those people were the ones that God was looking for. And you know why none of those people were the ones God was looking for? Is because they thought they were all that. Anybody with me today? They, they thought they were all that. I'm rich. I'm popular, man. I dress right. I got the look. People, I'm a natural. I am a natural born leader. I got money to back what I'm doing. People tend to like me. I'm sure I'm going to be the one. You know what? Those types of attitudes get passed by over and over and over again. I'm telling you, if you're here today and you think you don't, you, you don't think you're worth a plug nickel. If you're here today and you think that you can't do anything right or good, if you're here today and you say, man, I don't even know my Bible. I don't even know what it says. If you're here today and, 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 and say, man, I'm kind of new to this thing. I, you're just the one he's looking for. You're just the one he's looking for. Do you know the first person I led to the Lord was at a Mexican, I worked at a Mexican fast food restaurant to pay for my Bible college before I started working at Walmart. And man, I, I just witnessed all the time. I'd take him back in the meat locker and witness. We'd go back and cut lettuce I'd be witnessing. I just always let my light shine. I was always on a mission for the Lord. I remember one day a guy named Trent Malawson, my first person I led to the Lord. I remember that, I, that Trent Malawson, he came up and he said, I want what you've got. And I was like, well, what is it I've got that you want? I mean, is it my good looks? And not <laughs> what is it that I got that you want? Some of you say, definitely not that. <laughs> Jeff, pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, anyway, I didn't know how to lead him to the Lord. I took him back to the dormitory. And we were on lockdown, and the guard wouldn't even let me bring him in the building. And finally I said, this guy wants to give his heart to the Lord. I, I won't take it. Put us in a room. Uh, let us sit down here. And I ran up and I got a book about how to lead someone to the Lord. And we went in the room downstairs and we read that book together. Guys, I just let my influence influence him. We read that thing together. He accepted Christ. And at the bottom of it, there was this deal that said, pray this prayer. And so I started reading the prayer. When I read that prayer, some of you have heard this story. I reached out to lay my hand on him. And when I, when I reached out to lay my hand on him to pray that prayer, a force came out of him. 
and hit my hand so hard that I hit myself in the face so hard that I, it dropped me down to my knee. I'm not exaggerating. A force came out of him so strong that the hand that I was reaching to hit myself and I went to the ground and I just jumped back up and kept doing it because I didn't know anything. You know what? Years later, years later, years later, in reading scripture, I began to see that people could be demon-possessed. And I began to see that Jesus and the apostles would set people free of demon possession. And I'm telling you, I realized that God used me to set a man free from demon possession. And I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, around verse 7 or somewhere through there, the whole... 1 Peter chapter 5, it's talking, about, it's talking about young leaders and people that want to do something for the Lord. And he's telling them to, to be in submission to the, to the chief elder, which is Jesus, and then to submit your heart to the elders of the church and to, to, to have a teachable spirit. He's talking to young people. Any, anybody young in your faith, I'm not talking about your age, anybody young that just want more of God and you know there's something in your life that you're supposed to do for God. Well, he's talking to you in that 1 Peter chapter 5. But then he gets to a point where he says, God resists. God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. And brothers and sisters, back to that story of David. What God is looking at to anoint or to choose is not the rich or the renowned and famous or people that think they're all that. But he's looking for the David that's on the backside of a desert that knows how to worship God. That knows what it is to love God with all of his heart, his soul, his might. That, 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 that finds joy in just being in God's presence. That has a burning desire that God's people would live in a victory. That, that's on the backside of the desert and seeing how things are going in, in the world around him. And he's back there saying, God, if you could use anything, would you please use me? I'd like to make a difference with my life. I'd like to do something with myself. And I'm pushed here in the backside of the desert. And the prophet's at the house today. But he was God's man. And Samuel said, you got any other boys? He said, yeah, I got one. He said, bring him here. And when he came in, God said, that's the heart I'm looking for. That's the person that I'm looking for. And he anointed him. And from that day, the scripture says that David, the, the spirit came upon him and in him. And he became a man of great power and kingship and authority in God. Brothers and sisters, we're on a mission for God. And 
a scripture that always just stands out to me is, don't, don't turn there because I just want to bring a point out. But in 1 John uh, chapter, it's either 4.16 or 3.16. But it says that we, listen to this, it, here's what I want you to hear. It says that we have known and believed the love of God. See, there's one thing to know that God loves you. There's one thing to know that Jesus died on the cross. Guys, I'm just going to let something out of the bag here. God's telling me right now that someone here, that you know who Jesus Christ is, and you believe in the Bible. You believe Jesus died. You believe he rose from the dead. You're having a seeking heart right now where God's starting to be something you're thinking about quite a bit. You've been coming to church. You've been liking coming to church. You've been liking what you feel. You've been liking what you sense. You're, you're like me that I grew up in a Methodist church and I had my tag, I went every Sunday. But I did, I did not have a relationship and I, was not, I did not have a relationship and I was not born again. I, I, Jesus wasn't my Savior. I had all this head knowledge. And I knew about all this stuff and I believed in church and going to church, yada, 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 yada. I, yeah, I believe all that. But then there was one day where I knew I needed to confess Jesus as Lord. And to know about it, but believe it. Believe it to where out of the abundance of what I was believing, I was ready to confess with my mouth to my peers and my family and the people around me that I wanted Jesus. You guys know that Jesus is my Lord. See, it's one thing to know the love of God, and it's another thing to know and believe the love of God. And when you know and believe the love of God, it says perfect love casts out fear. And it says there's no fear in love that when you stand before God, you know you love him so much, you don't have to be fearful or ashamed or wondering if you're going to heaven or not. You can have full assurance. I want everybody to look at me. The Holy Spirit is speaking to two or three individuals today that at the end of this service, I want you to come forward because God's been dealing with you that you need to confess him as Lord and Savior of your life in front of your peers. In front of, you've, you've already done it in your heart. You've already done it in your heart. But you need to confess it with your mouth. That there's going to be two or three people today. This is God's will that two or three people. I, I'm not hearing if it's two or three. I know it's two, maybe three. That you need to meet me today. I'm going to ask you at the end of this service while everybody's even here. I want you to prepare yourself. I'm going to ask you to come forward and, and, and meet me. There's two or three people that I feel you're supposed to do this today. That today is the day, not tomorrow, not today is the day that you're to drive the stake and put the pin down. It's like there's, you've come to a fork. You know, I was studying in, in, in Hebrews this week, 
The reason the Hebrews faced so much persecution, listen to me. The reason the Hebrews were facing so much persecution, and Paul told them, I think Paul's the writer of Hebrews, he told them in chapter 2, he said, um, don't drift away from your teachings. Guys, listen to me. Here's what happened. When Christianity first started, the Babylonian attack hadn't happened yet. It wasn't A.D. 70. And so temple worship was still set up to where they were sacrificing for their sin. Is everybody with me? They were sacrificing. Those things were still in place. It wasn't until the Babylonians came in and attacked Jerusalem that that stuff fell and it's not in place. It hadn't been in place since then. Okay? Well, when that was in place, people that were saying yes to Jesus, they were doing Christianity and they were doing Christ in the, in the, in the start, but yet they were still doing temple worship. They were doing both of them. They, 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 were, they, were, they were doing both. And, and then it got to be such a pressure in society that there was pressure from the family. There was pressure from the Roman Empire. There was such a pressure and a persecution to where, Gary, you even showed me where they had stuff on the, uh, that showed this was a Christian business. This was a Jewish business to where things were even in the, in the pavement to where, man, if, if you said you're a Christian, you were ostracized by family. People quit using your business and you were under intense persecution. So people, listen, people were drifting away because it was getting a little too tough. Listen, those two or three people that need to come to the Lord today, just like there was a fork in the road to where they need to say, I got to be full Christ. I can't be full Christ and still doing the Jewish tabernacle sacrifices. I've been doing both of them. I, 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 I'm, I've kind of got one foot with God and church, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm feeling. It's having an effect on my life. But yet I still am holding on to some things that can't go together. And there comes a point where there's a fork in the road. And today, there's a fork in the road. And people need to fully come to Jesus. It's already in your heart. It's already in your mind. It's already something you need to do. You've been wanting to do. But it's just something you need to do today. And I'm going to ask you to do that. But back to the, to, back to the no and believe that we have known and believed the love of God and I just gave that little circle there it was a little pause something the Lord wanted to insert we're gonna have three people come to the Lord today amen okay but back to the guys it's one thing to know that Jesus is a God of miracles it's one thing to know that Jesus heals it's one thing to know that Jesus sets free. 
It's one thing to know that Jesus, it's, it's undeniable. Probably everybody in here believes that Jesus calmed the storm. I doubt there's anybody that, that would say, well, you know where Jesus healed those people? I don't think he really did that. I doubt there's one person here. You know where they fed the 5,000 with some fish and some loaves? You know, I, I, I believe that. I, I believe that happened. I, I think in this church, if we did a census, we would have a census of people saying, I believe that happened. But here's the difference. There's a difference between knowing about something and believing something. Knowing that God heals is different than knowing that God heals you. Knowing that God sets free is different than knowing that God will set you free. Knowing that God can set people free of addiction and pornography and speed and pot and stuff like that. I, I know he does that, but yet you stay day after day, week after week, month after month, bound in things that you know he can set you free from. Man, all you got to do, just like salvation, you know that and you believe it, now that belief comes out of, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. You believe in the heart that God raised him from the dead. And the scripture says, thou shalt be saved. Say it again, thou shalt be For with confession, how's that go? For with confession, what? I can't remember. Help me out, somebody. With the heart we believe under the righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. Okay? Here's, I I, want to hit this whole sermon, and I'm going to just tie it up real quick. One is we're on a mission from the Lord. He's not looking for the prideful, and people think he's all that. He's looking for people that know they're not anything without him. Now, the next thing that I want you to see is this. It says that God, the next thing I wrote is emptied to be empowered. That's a word that came in my spirit. The first thing is it, it came to me, we're equipped for this mission, but now we're emptied to be empowered. Now, there's a bunch of scriptures there, and I'm going to paraphrase because I'm out of time. Philippians says that we got to have this same mind as Christ that though he was God, stay with me, listen to this, though Jesus was God, he did not think himself equally with God as something to cling to. Cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took on himself a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being and he appeared in a human form. And he humbled himself and was obedient to God. Here's what God said to me. He said, this is my 300. You are God's 300. You're on a mission. 
The second thing that God said to say to you guys is this. As Jesus emptied himself, listen, I want you to get this. Jesus emptied himself of deity. Jesus emptied himself of being God. Jesus emptied himself of being creator, Elohim. You guys know that Jesus was in the beginning with God and that he created with God. How many know that? Jesus was there. He created with God. He gave up creator status. He gave up deity status. He gave up exaltation. He, 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 he gave up. He was king of kings and lord of lords. And one day every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is that lord. But he gave that up. He gave that up. He gave that up. And he came, he emptied. Everybody say empty. He emptied himself. He emptied himself to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 4 says the spirit of the first when in, in Luke chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized. The Bible says that the heavens opened up and a dove came and descended on him. The Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. There's a full endorsement of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit came upon this emptied man in a human form. And then he went to the desert and was tempted. And then in Luke chapter 4, he prophesied, Luke chapter 4, around verse 17, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to, to preach the good news. He's anointed me to set at liberty those that are bound. I mean, there's a list of stuff. Do those guys have it? Yeah. To preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Go on. And recovering a sight to the blind, to set liberty those that are pressed, go on. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, go on. Then he closed the book and he gave it back to the attendant. And he sat down. Imagine that. Get up. I'm preaching. Get up. Read something. I read that. Close my Bible and I go sit down by Carmen. That's what Jesus did. And all the eyes of them were fixed on him. Go on. And he began to say to them today... This scripture's been fulfilled. Now throw Acts 10.38 up there. You know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. Are y'all seeing that? And healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. Everybody look at me. Did he do that because of deity? Did he do that because he was creator? Did he do that because he was king? Did he do that because he was the son of God? The answer is no. He emptied himself of all of that. I, I'm praying you get a revelation of this. He emptied himself of all of that. And then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The healing, the prophecy, 
the preaching, the proclaiming, it, it wasn't done from the standpoint of God. It was done in a human body filled with the Holy Spirit. Last time I looked, that's what we are, human beings. If you'll get a hold of this, you can be a powerful, powerful person for God. If you can get the revelation like I have on this and empty yourself of thinking you're all that, and empty of yourself of selfishness and never being available. And empty yourself of chasing the world and the dollar and all this stuff. If you can just empty yourself, if you can just empty yourself of your ego. If you can just empty yourself of, there are so many people, the only reason they want to be a preacher is so they can get in front of people. The only pe reason people want to be leaders is because they want to lead somebody. That Where's humility? Where's servanthood? If we can empty ourselves, like Christ showed us the example where he emptied himself of everything. He emptied himself and became a human being and became a slave and became obedient to where he even laid his life down for his friends. We can't even lay our ball game down. We can't even lay our schedule down. We, we can't even, when our wife wants to go to the mall or our wife wants us to do, we can't even lay down anything. I'm telling you, God's 300 are going to be empty people. Empty people. But when they get truly empty, man, I feel the Spirit so strong. I can barely talk in English words. When we empty ourselves, then we become Luke chapter 2 of those vessels on the side of the wall where Jesus did his first miracle and said bring them to me fill them to the rim and then the waters turned to wine and they say why did you save the best for the last Jesus God saved the best for the last Jesus is the best saved for the last and you're filled with that message you're filled with the spirit you're empowered you're filled if we can just empty ourselves then we can be filled. And here's what you need to hear. The same Holy Spirit that filled Jesus Christ is the same Holy Spirit that fills you. They are not a different one. You know what I'm telling you, Brian? When you're at Wrigley and you're talking to your buddies, if somebody's sick, you can heal them. That's what I'm telling you today. You know what I'm telling you? When you are meeting with a couple, 
that has a marital problem, instead of just listening to them, you tell them how God fixed your marital problem. You, you can start being, hey guys, here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Brian, with 300 people, listen to me. I'm not saying this for condemnation. I'm going to say this to stir us up. I, I want us to think a little bit. With 300 people, what, even the way the seats are seated, we, we set every seat to where we made an X on this stage to where you could, with the most comfortableness you could, you could look at this pulpit and be the most comfortable you can without having to turn your head. Or We, we made it so, so every eye could go, whoa. But you know what? That can also be a problem. Because then every eye looks to, what are y'all looking at me for? Sometimes I see all these eyes looking at me, and I'm like, what are you looking at me for? Well, you're supposed to have all the answers. You're the, you're the great healer. You're, you're the pastor. You're the healer. You're the baptizer. You're the, and I'm like, I'm like Paul where I want to strip my clothes off and say, what are you all looking at me like I'm some god? I ain't nothing. Read it. Paul stripped his clothes off and said, I'm just a human just like you. There's a problem when all eyes look to the front. Because if all eyes look to me, then our worlds that you love are going to go to hell, quite frankly. God needs you to win your world. If you'll empty yourself, he can empower me. With a church this size, with a church this size, there should be a report that someone was saved every week. Every week. Even when I say that, I said that to somebody the other day and they were, it, and they switched it to, oh yeah, somebody get, yeah, that's, have we had anybody saved on Sunday? The, the other day I was sharing this with somebody. And, and, and the thinking, it couldn't even think outside the church. The thinking was, yeah, uh, you know, it seems like we haven't had anybody saved for like two or three weeks. And, and, and Guys, we got it. How many, how many of you 80s guys remember the cassette tapes that you can take the magnet and go whoop and it's erased? It tells you that ages us. How many remember those? We need to get the magnetic thing and erase the cassette tape. People need to get saved by you. And then you bring them to church and you know how proud I was? Do you know how proud I was when me and Trent Malasson were sitting at Jimmy Swaggart's thousands and thousands of seat auditorium, and I sat in the clear in the back because I was still freaked out by people lifting up their hands, and you heard people speaking tongues every little bit, and you're like, ooh, what the world's that people doing? So I was kind of like freaked about it anyway, and because I grew up Methodist. But you know how I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait till Jimmy said, we're going to open up the altars today. I believe God's spirit's drawing people. And I was sitting there, and me and Trent, and I grabbed him. Actually, I had three that day. And I grabbed my three, and here we came. No, I didn't do that. I was, I, I've always been very humble about stuff like that. I brought my three. 
and they confessed before the church. May that's the way it should be. You're going to hear two testimonies next week about some miracles that happened in a group. And I'm going to preach about that next week. And here's another thing I'm going to preach in the next three weeks. I don't know when. But I'm going to preach on the nine gifts of the Spirit. Many of you have heard, um, many of you want to know about what the nine gifts are. is word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discern the Spirit, faith healing, working of miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. I'm going to teach on that. I I may take a whole week on prophecy and tongues because I'm starting to hear a lot of questions about it. But um, when I do that, it's going to be good because I come across it as a, to me, if something can't be scrutinized, don't say it. I come across, I do it as somebody like, I didn't believe in that crazy um, but scriptures convince me differently okay and so three things I want you to remember today as the musicians are coming we're equipped for a mission when we empty ourselves he fills us throw second Corinthians 4 7 up please Matthew Matthew second Corinthians 4 7 please we're emptied so we can be empowered I love this scripture. Remember he's talking about the clay pots? You got that one, Matthew? 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says this. Guys, this is powerful. It says, but we have this treasure in this earthen vessel. That the excellency of the power may be of who? And not of who? Even Jesus emptied himself of all that was in him. Have you ever thought about that? And to fill. And you hold that same precious. treasure (laughs) that's powerful thank you Lord thank you Lord with every head up and eyes open who, who wants to say and if you need to have somebody come with you just tap their leg and say will you go with me but who says, I want to put, I want to settle it today. I want to settle it today where you stopped that sermon and you said there's a fork. You need to make a clear decision for Jesus Christ today. Who says that's you? I want you to stand up and just come forward. If you need somebody to come with you, just tap your, their leg. But I believe there's two and maybe three. that We want you to come today. Would you do that? Would you do that? Amen? Amen. Pastor, I've been thinking about this. Today's my day.
And I want the people I've come with, and I want this church to know Jesus is number one to me. I want to say that today. Would you come right now and just meet me? Everybody will clap for you, I promise you. Would you come today? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you draw, that you convince people that they need a Savior. Lord, right now, I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit speaking to the heart of men and speaking to the heart of women and saying, that's you today. I want you to be my son. Holy Spirit saying, I, I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. Your heart's pounding. Your palms are sweaty. And you know it's you. Come and let me embrace you. And let Jesus be Lord of your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm like that guy praying for a miracle where you keep peeking out of your eye and seeing if anything's happening yet. Because I'm human just like you are. But all God calls us to do is be the messenger and the delivery boy. Amen. If you heard the message today and you said that you want to be one of God's 300 and God dealt with you about emptying yourself, completely emptying yourself so that you could be filled with that precious Holy Spirit so you can be on a mission just like Jesus was doing great and mighty exploits for the Lord, the Lord confirming His word through you by the Spirit working through you. Amen. If you want to come today, we have prayer team that will pray with people. They'll pray for you, prayer team, when we stand here in a minute. If you guys want to come forward, they are here to pray with you for anything. Any, anything with relationship, anything with finance, anything with business, anything that's troubling you. If you're going to the doctor, you got something going on the next week, the prayer team's here to pray with you today, and they're going to be up here, and in a minute we're going to close with a song, and you can come, but also if you need to empty yourself, and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we want you to come. I'm going to pray a prayer, and then Braden's going to start singing, and everybody can move accordingly. Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you that the Holy Spirit draws. Amen. God bless you. Prayer team, if you'll come. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.